Before we begin today's episode, we have to give our patrons over at Patreon a quick shout out. They are Perba, Lauren L, Paul Campaneshi, Kelby Goodman, Eric Sari, Andy Herbrand, Hanson Screen Printing, and of course, Rock the Green. Thank you guys so much for keeping the lights on here at the podcast. Hey, welcome to the Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. We are your hosts, Eric Sturgeon. And I'm Russell Sari. This podcast is about all things Wisconsin, history, music, culture, and beer. Although we don't often use strong language, the content is not intended for young audiences, so listener discretion is advised. If you love the bluegrass music you hear in this intro, please check out Dang It's from Madison, Wisconsin by visiting their website, dang-its.com. Now on to the show. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast, your weekly dose of the Dairy State. We, of course, are your hosts, as always. I am Eric. And I'm Russ. And uh, today we are discussing a tragic event in uh, Miller Park history. This is, of course, the uh, the crane collapse of... Big Blue during the construction of the uh, the Miller Park the Stadium there. home of the Milwaukee yeah. Brewers. Uh, really, really a, a sad story, and uh, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Of course, this was another listener suggestion uh, from Tony, and uh, one we thought uh, we, we just would move up the list then uh, to, to kind of get back. Uh, and, you know, again, there's no way that we couldn't cover this, so we're... we're we're glad to be able to uh, feature this for uh, Tony and for all the listeners. And maybe there's some individuals that aren't uh, aren't totally aware of, of uh, the, the tragedy that happened during the construction of uh, the, the home of the Milwaukee Brewers there. So um, totally an event that, you know, we'll, we'll both uh, remember, I think, uh, Russ, right? This is something that you remember happening, the news oh, articles yeah. in the Journal Sentinel and the, the TV coverage as of a, it. And As a long-time, <clears throat> lifetime Brew Crew fan, yeah. of course I remember this. So. Yeah, so definitely uh, definitely, we'll get into that a little bit later here. Uh, we also have some great Wisconsin music from Kenny Hoopla. We had to feature another yeah. band like Bone of Air on the last episode yeah. here. We had to feature them at some point. It's an absolute uh, uh, banger, if you will. Uh, totally... Totally rocking music, and uh, the 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 fact that it just kind of continues that pop punk indie punk sort of vibe is rad to me. And my, like, I love Kenny Hoopla. He reminds me of Block Party so much. Oh my god! And Block Party, that first one album, of my favorite album was of all time. Uh, like. I mean, it's one of those ones that you could throw on. What's that one Motion City soundtrack that you and I always throw on, uh, um, even if it kills? Or, even if it kills me, and um, yeah, what's was the other one with? Uh, Tell me if you're wrong. Yeah, exactly. We're huge, like yeah. we used to be huge Motion fans. It is, and it's it's just one of those Commit albums. Commit this to memory. Commit this to memory that by Motion City. That was the one. Even if it kills me, my Motion City, uh, the Block Party, whatever that one's called, oh, Breaking heli- Glass. Yeah, with helicopter on yeah. it, and like, oh my god. Um. Just some of those albums that you can just throw in, and it's uh, just good front to back. Front to back, just great yeah. songs. And Every song is just like singing, you know. And and Kenny Hoopla is uh, the newest addition to that. And for I'm proud me. he's from Wisconsin. Exactly. That's why we had to feature it. Like, um, and and uh, kind of a mental health advocate, so that'll be cool to uh, 
to show everyone and and you probably already know him and and that's fine but uh um for those who haven't heard Kenny Hoopla, uh, he most recently worked with Travis Barker on this big uh, album that he released. Uh, I think last what year. Was, what was the song? Stella was like Stella the hit, was right? a huge was one, hit. and uh, so definitely really cool. We also have a beer review on today's show, as well as a how many locos? Wow! We couldn't do a show without it. It just wouldn't be Wisconsin drunken history if we didn't tell you about some drunk fucking fools. Uh, like every time, we have some uh, announcements regarding the studio and planning on uh, the big move. Um, so we will no longer be located in Muskego. Uh, we will be in a new city, and it'll be a surprise. We'll definitely uh, post some Once pictures. Once we record the first and, episode, we'll definitely take some pictures, maybe yeah. a studio tour, when we're all set up and ready to exactly, go. Exactly, so. yeah. So this will be fun. Uh, hey, and if you haven't already, please go and uh, give us a rate and a review on whatever platform you choose to listen to. Uh, give us some feedback. And, and uh, like I said, that five star is great. Uh, really, all it does for us is puts us into that next category, uh, al- algorithmically, if you will. Uh, essentially, what that all boils down to, all and the science and, and jargon talk, it will expose new listeners to our show. That's it, period. It's, it's huge. Uh, which is huge for us. Uh, we, we'd, we'd appreciate that so much. Also, please visit us at our website, wisconsindrunkenhistory.com. Uh, that will be the major place for you to find information about the show and kind of our history and the reasons for doing the show and, and uh, um, our friendship. And you'll get the full full scope of stuff there. Uh, plus, you'll be able to uh, uh, read a little bit more about the Patreon and uh, how that is a cheap way for you to fund us directly. Uh, Basically and for a pint of a beer a month. Right? Exactly. Oh. So uh, essentially, it just it, it literally takes money and puts it directly into our hands in order to keep this thing turning and burning. Uh, the the funds are uh, they go to the studio right. music beer and pretty much we pay the rest of the fees yeah <laughs> it's how so, it's been so far uh, so. also there's a link to T Public on there as well uh, that's the area where you can buy uh, merch and gear with our logo on it so if you want to rock a Wisconsin Drunken History logo on your hat or T-shirt or a koozie or something oh this will be the I best saw, way I saw one of the coolest fans of our show. Nicole from Iowa bought a really cool shirt. Yes. It was like a maroon color. Yep. It was like the coolest shirt I've ever That's seen. That's what's cool is that you can actually take the logo and put it onto something like maroon or green. Like or a, teal, there's this awesome like forest green, like, crimson, uh, red, teal, like you said. Just uh, uh, really puts the Wisconsin vibe of a of a of a nice brandy old fashioned onto a totally loud shirt if you want or. Put it on a classic, just black, gray, white, something like that. It's and it looks great. You know, you can't go wrong with uh, with the logo that uh, our friend Steph Seibeck created for us. She really created the vibe and 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 really gave us the the look that we were going for. Russ had this awesome sketch and. She really brought it to life. She, I mean, she made it even better than my original thought. Which honestly. we have some competitors out there. I don't know if you guys have seen recently, but there are some podcasts that are uh, sort of uh, doing a very similar thing, if not pretty much the exact same thing. Um, and uh, uh, they ha- they stolen a little bit of our logo appeal, and um, <laughs> we were just talking about that recently. I mean, we've been at this thing for over two years now, and uh, um, and I'm glad we are. I'm I mean, just I saying think- right now, uh, and, I'll, and I'll say it loudly and proudly, uh, we are the original. Uh, there was not 
a Wisconsin podcast before us that did what we do. Uh, of course, we will not throw shade at somebody like the Cabin Podcast. They started just a few short months Dude, before those us. Those guys are OGs. They've been around OG. forever. Like Discover Wisconsin. That's Discover they've Wisconsin. Been, they've been OGs. Since they don't the do exactly what we do, and and so therefore we can coexist. But somebody who's uh, literally stepping in our tracks in the snow, who, who's just trying to be under the the cover, is not. It's it's it's. Hey, you know what? It's a bummer because we really started off from the lowest of low. Right. I mean, it was like uh, one of our first episodes, we only had like two views. Imitation is obviously the finest form of flattery, and I get it. I love it. Um, But uh, I I don't think we're going to – I don't know that we'll collaborate. I don't know. Uh, I'm not saying no. I'm just saying I don't know. I I just really hope it wasn't like a spur of the moment, like, oh, we could do better than this kind of thing. Because, like, I really don't want enemies, like, because I love our podcast so much. And I'm I'm, I'm certainly not trying to start beef with them. I just thought that it was kind of of distasteful to um, essentially create our logo in just a little bit different way. And it's like, well, eh. I mean, that's almost a direct copy. Steph's artwork, which exactly. was like a bummer to me. But um, anything. Because Steph is like one of the best artists I've ever worked with in my life. Right. To be and, honest, and you as know an her engineer. From, from, from the, your former workplace. And, and she is. Uh, She's one of the best artists very in talented. Wisconsin. And like Extremely. if any of you do need work, just send us a message. We'll send you her link to her website. We'll contact get you in contact. Yeah. Oh, you, you better believe it. So. All right. Let's go ahead and jump in. I know this is going to be one of those more somber ones. I don't want to talk about it, but I feel like we'd, it we'd be doing be done, right? I we'd mean, be doing a disservice if we didn't talk about it. It was in our lifetime. Right. We remember it well. I do. I very, was a Brewers fan. Very well. Yeah. I mean, huge. So Big Blue, uh, a crane uh, accident collapse uh, during the construction of the Miller Park Stadium, uh, now American Family Field, home of the Milwaukee Brewers. So it was 1999 where uh, Fred Durst and the uh, shitbag Limp Biscuit was on the radio. A red New York Yankees cap. Yeah, and crappy new, <laughs> new metal. metal was... New metal was everywhere. And it's actually where a time where I discovered uh, my kind of, I guess, direction we'd call in life when I discovered the Strokes. Yeah. You remember last yeah. night? Last night, but I also just remember still being just totally infatuated with Blink-182. They were out there around the time, Glory, too. Yeah, heck yeah. And I, I was huge into the Strokes, to be I honest. I couldn't get out of the, the pop-punk phase in the in the late 90s, early 2000s. It was just, that was my gig. Like, people in our generation completely remember this event, and uh, many Wisconsinites recall this event. Um, the crane known as Big Blue collapsed in Miller Park during its construction. Uh, Big Blue was one of the largest cranes in the world at the time. Was Huge. it a was it a crane that was produced by Mitsubishi? It was actually yeah. the crane in question was a Lampson LTL fifteen hundred, and it was a beast of a machine used in some of the larger construction projects around the world. Absolutely, it was the date July fourteenth, nineteen ninety nine, in Milwaukee, at what is now the American Family Field Baseball Stadium. At approximately 5.12 p.m. when Big Blue contained a load of 450 tons. And we're talking tons of T-O-N-N-E-S because that's right. like the distributed tones, load. And and tones versus tons, it, there is a minor dif- difference in the actual weight. So it's not 450 tons, it's 450 tones. Exactly. So it was 440 long tons. So that's the long ways. Right. We're talking horizontal. And 500 short tons. So that's the short way. Right. Um, and the hooks were being raised, carrying some of the large sections of the support trusses, which are on the field, which have that closing 
lid, which we've all Correct. seen they, when they it's basically, raining. They basically support the roof uh, on, on its side, on each side of the stadium while it's open. Exactly. So the crane is actually rated at 20 miles per hour um, wind gusts, and speeds were between 20 and 21 miles per hour, so many thought it would probably be okay, but some were actually questioning it at the time. Yeah. And some of the wind gusts that actually came through during this date were 26 to 27 miles per hour, which are just way too yeah. much for the crane itself, with that much load on it. Some of the iron workers of the uh, Local 8 chapter were like, hey, let's take a look at this. Yeah. And as the crane lifted the material upward to be set into place, the crane fell over and toppled to its side. And then the crane trusses began to buckle, obviously, when it's like so far over. So it kind of crunches and just crushes that, cr that um, I guess you call it the truss or the V trusses that are in yeah. between the crane. It starts to uh, squeal and hiss uh, throughout the this process. Uh, and then your anchors break and that those are the loud popping noises you hear. Uh, in the uh, there's actually an OSHA uh, individual on site with a old handy cam, a camcorder, VHS uh, camera. Just about to talk to them mm -hmm. actually. So, so the accident took the life of three iron workers from the local eight union, as stated before. They were Jeffrey Wisher, William DeGrave, and Jerome Starr. I don't know if he's really the Bart Starr. Do you think? I don't know. I hope Could he be. is. So these employees were inside the suspended pers personnel platform and was hit, were actually hit by the crane as it toppled over. The infamous film that was made by the safety inspector can still be viewed on YouTube, and it's kind of hard to watch, to be honest, now that you know actually what happens. Yeah, yeah, and I'll, and I'll get more into that here in a second uh, after Russ is done kind of talking about some of the, the, the overview here. And after the investigation was revealed that the effects of the side winds along with the load that it was carrying was like the co the cause of the issue. The beautiful ballpark that exists today was made with the blood and sweat of the iron workers who I don't know should ever be forgotten in their sacrifice in the name of the Milwaukee Brewers, one of my yeah, favorite teams. Never will be either. And in the end, three firms were fined a total of $500,000 as a result of the collapse and the widows of the works um, the workers also settled a lawsuit with the Mitsubishi Heavy Industries of America, who were responsible for the uh, part of the retractable roof, which actually rented out the crane to Miller Park. Right. Um, the sum of the lawsuit was said to be an undisclosed amount, but believed to be in the almost $100 million range. Right, right. So, I mean, like, yeah, you don't never want to lose somebody, but at least those people are set up and they're not going to hurt the rest of their life, those three widows, right? Yeah, it's definitely uh, not... Money can never replace a life, but um, hopefully they won't have uh, financial issues, you know. I mean, like, everybody has their issues with their dad, but, like, nobody wants to lose their dad. No. You know, like, nobody wants to. Yeah. Serge, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, here, I've, so. I've lost a father, that's for sure. And in 2001, a bronze sculpture was installed called Teamwork that honored the three workers who lost their lives. Yeah. And what eventually replaced that crane to to finish the stadium was a uh, brought in. It was a red and white Van Sumeran Demag CC 12,600 12, and actually finished the park, costing the park roughly was about $29 million to the public. And there was some private investors as it well. It was $290 million. Yeah, $290 million yeah. in the public fee, roughly. Yep. And it was finished, actually, on April 6th of 2001. And uh, I and know, only... Eric, I think you went to the opening game at that opening stadium. Yeah. Did you not? Yep. And I, I think you were there. Got to witness, they at every single game, they had opened and closed the roof. Uh, 
just to show you the the absolute uh, awesomeness of this project that they had started and created. But the one thing I wanted to say for sure was uh, some of the contractors on that job knew that that day had had wind gusts that were too high. They were rated. There's a a a trailer on site like there is at every single construction site, no matter what there is. Those trailers that you see have computers that keep track of everything. And those wind gusts were far too high that day, but they didn't want to risk getting behind schedule. And they thought that they could do this. But 25, 26, 27 miles an hour uh, with a, a, a rated, you know, tonnage, tonnage of, you know, 450 is too much at that, that wind gust rate. Uh, 20 was maybe even, even questionable too. Uh, it wasn't steady winds. It was happening at gusts and it was just not something that you can even calculate, uh, the risk, you know, it it just wasn't smart. I'll also say that the, the three individuals that were in that basket, uh, that's a viewing basket. It's just for monitor, you know, it's not even really for monitoring. It's just, you're there to just view what's happening. Uh, and, and really what ended up killing them was it's actually a catapult effect. The, the crane actually moved those, those, uh, the structure ropes, uh, that, that kind of hold that whole thing. Uh, they're, they're, they're called, uh, steel rope, steel cables that hold that in suspension. And, and it, as the crane dropped, it brought that basket down. And then as the, those cables stretched to their max, they shot up and essentially what kills them is the fact that they're pressed on the basket floor and that viewing basket floor uh, at G's that are un unrecommended for human life. Like when you're that, you're essentially crushing your body by, by G force. And um, I'm not saying that they were wrong to do that. Their general contractor, the person that oversees the job, what made a grave mistake by allowing them to lift that load, which then put them into the ability to be in that viewing basket should never have been. And that sucks because they didn't know that they were getting into this, this risky of a situation. They are absolutely just innocent in, in the whole thing. And it, and it sucks because three people lost their lives, but even more people lost individuals that, that cannot be replaced. And that's, 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 that's a huge, a huge, uh, uh, weight to be on, um, you know, the individuals responsible for that, that construction. Yeah. And you know, it, it, it's really cool that they actually made statues in remembrance. And you of can people. still see you it there still today. Go, yeah. It's called the teamwork statue. Yep. Definitely go and check it out. And, uh, obviously me and Eric have been Brew Cruise fans since yeah. County Park, which was like the original. Yeah. Yeah. Know? I mean, I, I remember my first few games at County Stadium. I absolutely loved it. I, uh, I mean, dollar hot dog days at County Stadium were unlike any other. I mean, it was just amazing. When you were amazing. broke and you just wanted to go have yeah. a tailgate, go in. And you know? could go to County Stadium for dollars, man. No, you remember Those you, you, remember you could amazing. fill up a tank, a gas, oh, yeah. and get a free ticket to yeah. County Stadium? Yeah. I used, my that was at the mobile right down t- the street from my house. I met you at the mobile uh, down by my house that one time. Remember that uh, when you oh, were driving yeah, your, you purple, your purple Intrepid? Heck yeah. And we would... Uh, we go there like you could fill up a tank of gas, get a free ticket, and we go see a game. Me and Eric, would. as long as it was like, five gallons, you could get a free yeah, you get a free brewery brewers ticket. And yeah. Like now, obviously, like it's a little more. It's not as easy to get a ticket, but I still am a still huge pretty brewer cheap. Fan. You can still get in there for probably ten, fifteen bucks 
Uh, probably sitting nosebleeds, but the the thing is, I don't think there's a bad seat in that entire stadium. I've no, never had anything great that's blocked. And, you know, when it comes to Bernie, when it comes to the game, when it comes to everybody, like, I hope you guys go there next time. If you listen to this podcast and remember those three workers that lost their lives, and uh, obviously we're huge Brew Crew fans. We have have yeah. been since the beginning of time, and you get made fun of for wearing Brew Crew stuff. I'm talking about the M logo with the weed underneath and the old mitt. I was just going to say old, the, the old MB, MB mitt. mitt. Yeah. When you get made fun of for wearing Brewer stuff and well, Buck stuff. You remember? The, the MB. In school, Eric. And Brewer. remember the, the late 1990s, I think it was late 1990s, when they switched from the old MB mitt to the M and the B that was more the dark blue and like yeah, this dark I remember that green. Too. Oh, yeah. That was my favorite. And I still, to this day, have a hat that I'll wear. Uh, and, and I, God. Do you have M with the weed underneath it? I do. Weed? I okay. mostly still wear that because I, do, yeah. I don't love the new logo. I think it's cool. I think it it pays uh, homage to the best era in Brewers history, the 1982 Harvey's Wallbangers team that made it to the World Series, lost to the, uh, the Cardinals. But... Uh, um, and then they changed that logo instead of being like a royal blue, to they they kept more the, like the, darker, the dark blue, navy blue. Yeah, almost. they kept that, and uh, they lost the gold, and they kind of kept this more maize yellow color, which was cool. I like it, um, but I'm still in love with that early 2000s um, M with the sprig of wheat underneath it. I love that logo. That tassel underneath it was just. Fantastic! I thought that that was probably the best logo in our history. I agree. In my opinion. Um, um, but the close second was definitely that. If but, you look up like 1998 uh, uh, Brewers logo, um, probably one of my all-time favorites. It's it's dumb as hell. The M and the B are just kind of intertwined. With the crossing like, bats yeah. logo. Yeah, that one's a, and they, it's a classic. And, and yeah, with the diamond behind the crossing bats, like you're saying. But, you know, my favorite team in history, you know, we had John Jaha, Jeff Jenkins, uh, Jeremy Burnitz. I mean, these guys are uh, forever my favorite baseball team, and they sucked ass. I yeah, mean, we couldn't get over sixty wins. Like it was gnarly. It's it's just it's just crazy because like like me and you were original like obviously Brewers fans and Bucks fans. Remember we had yeah. purple jerseys in school. People would make fun of I'll, you. I'll rock now, a purple jersey all day. Nobody will rip on you because no. the Bucks are top dog. Because it's top, yeah. Because it's it's cool shit, right? It's retro shit, right? And and Bucks are top freaking dog right now. Yeah. Like So like it's just yeah, another for, you know for the last couple of seasons. I mean, the, the Milwaukee Brewers have been doing great. Entering the postseason, yes. oh heck yeah! Uh, we were one game away from the World Series back in 2018, uh, which I is mean, a total bummer. Total bummer. Losing. To I was the Los pretty Angeles pissed Dodgers off. To be honest, I watched that game. Oh, I was tough. I watched a, an OWI crash outside of my apartment window that night. <laughs> a locals article. Was it was right a, outside yeah, your window. We could talk about that one next. That was pretty funny, but um, just absolutely cool. And and like I said, I, I think uh, this this tragedy. Although it brings a little bit of a shadow over the park, I think that they did right on the idea of putting that bronze statue out front and forever cementing uh, those individuals as part of this project, and they will never, never be forgotten, uh, and that absolutely ensures it. And yeah, I mean, every time Bernie slides on a slide, it's an honor of you guys, man, and the thank fireworks you so much. explode off, it's for you. It's for those three individuals that uh, paid the ultimate sacrifice uh, to be able to bring such a cool stadium uh, f- and, and keep Milwaukee Brewers here because up until that point, 
it was uncertain whether they would uh, move back to uh, Seattle at some point, or maybe you know they maybe they would go to a different stadium or different city rather. So at least we didn't lose them like the Detroit Tropics, right? Like we still have them here, you know, <laughs> the Michigan Tropics, <laughs> the Michigan Flint, Tro- Flint, Michigan Tropics. So at least we yeah. still have them, and I'll always be a Brewers fan. Everybody love everybody. We'll be we'll be a Brewers fan through and through, and uh, I really hope you guys find this fascinating. There's not a lot of information. I had to do some little bit of digging on my own. And if if you get a chance, I know that it's not going to be great for everybody to do, and it probably will bring uh, some tears to everybody's eyes. But the OSHA video is absolutely available on YouTube, um, and and you can kind of go through and see that. There's actually one video on there that uh, goes through and talks about. I think the decisions made that day and that kind of stuff, and and it's an actual crane operator. I worked for the company that actually owns the new crane, uh, Kona. D- DMAG. Uh, Kona Cranes was a, a former employer of mine. Um, they do mostly overhead lifting, but they also own uh, some other cranes, DMAG, like uh, Russ had said in there, that the, the new red and white one was uh, brought in to finish the project. That was a... Uh, 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 a product uh, that Kona Cranes uh, had had actually purchased later on. And so there is still Milwaukee history inside of that whole story uh, through and through. And uh, those three individuals, um, God rest their souls, and and, uh, and, and they, they paid the ultimate sacrifice to give us uh, this amazing stadium. And, and while you're there, uh, pour, pour a little on the ground for them. So now moving on to our Wisconsin music segment, we Holy have smokes, dude. Um, a, a truly amazing one here. Kenny Hoopla uh, has taken the uh, kind of pop punk, indie punk uh, scene by storm as of uh, as of late here. And uh, although he's born in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, he actually was uh, in the Oshkosh area, right, Russ? And uh, that's right. He was a Wisconsin native, and yeah. uh, 1021 was kind of featuring heavy at the time. At the time, at the yeah, beginning. with the with that initial EP that he had released, uh, really got into circulation, huge, um, and, and and sort of just took the airwaves by storm. And this uh, this individual song that we're gonna play, uh, Russ, I remember messaged me. Uh, uh, in 2020 it's probably like, the original gotta, when we first started this. when we first started the podcast i messaged yeah. you we were like we got to get kenny hoopla before he becomes too big yeah and and apparently we were a little too late uh he had already been working feverishly on uh, a new record with travis barker oh yeah it and was insane. uh and it is an insane record um if you get a chance go listen to all of it it's uh it's all Sony music type uh, 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 distribution on there, but uh, so it's everywhere. It literally is everywhere. You can get it on Spotify, uh, YouTube, um, all of that stuff, uh, Google Music. But I would go check out everything that Kenny Hoopla has to offer because you will not be disappointed. So originally, when I was driving around Milwaukee, this was the first hit that yeah. I actually heard that we're featuring today. Yes. Which is the uh, How Will I Rest in Peace if I'm Buried on, uh, by a Highway. Yeah. And uh, I remember hearing it, and I'm like, Oh my God! We got to get a hold of Kenny Hoopla because he can be before he becomes way too big. Yeah, right? and, and we and we attempted. We gave it everything we had for like the last couple of years. Uh, we have been reaching out to not only him but his people, and uh, sadly to say, we did not we did not get one hundred percent contacted. Well, we did get a, an okay to use the song at least, right? The original song, so we here's can at least thing. play it. We've we we're gonna get flagged. It's gonna it's gonna be. We're one not of those gonna make the money, says, but I'm glad we're featuring right. Kenny Hoopla, a Wisconsin native, uh, Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Yeah, you know you can't you can't not have. 
Kenny, you can't have Wisconsin podcasts with like Bon Iver, Kenny Hoopla. Especially if you're talking about music. If you're yeah, talking Steve about Wisconsin Miller. music, these are things you cannot avoid. It just literally is not something that you can uh, avoid at all. It, it's something that you you just have to suck up and, and get it. You know, you got to suck on a chili dog and just get it. You know, you, can, you just got to kook some shit. You just got to kook it. The old chili dogs. So I promise you this song sounds nothing like uh, As Tasty terrible freeze. as we are right now. Um, There's no tasty freeze in this. No month. tasty freeze on this guy. But it is an absolute fucking banger. And and we would be uh you know idiots we're, to not play this thing. We're so, so proud to have Kenny Hoopla from our state. When I it am. came to Travis Barker, Eric This Vans 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 wearing just fucking punk rock man who does backflips on stage while singing with the mic in his hand it's wired mind True you that. this is tough as shit so russ tell us what we got here we got kenny hoopla how will i rest in peace if i'm buried by a highway
All right. Dude, does that not remind you of like the old school block party we got down to? Which I remember, you know, when... Helicopter, like, and, oh and, my God. And when so Kenny good. Hoopla was just hitting the scene in 2020, there were articles written that even comped him to uh, the, the, the sound of block party and indie those guitar hooks like that were amazing like work over the top of the entire thing oh my god and like the amazing. bass this is the type of shit that you and i used to write um, oh yeah with like a little guitar hook and some vocals but the bass would do most of the changing and the guitar the guitar could so change could could only be playing like one little you know power chord and then you did all the you know, the, the changing ding, of the ding, notes. Ding. Exactly. This is simple stuff. Exactly. Yeah, and we used to play that cover all the time. over top of everything. That was like the whole first record we did, which was, uh, it's nowhere now and it's, it's lost forever. We've actually been fact. looking for it. Cause remember the Madison trying. media Institute went under and we yeah. were been looking for the original tracks we recorded there. Yeah. So the original tracks are lost forever. Uh, I think, uh, we had it on, uh, MySpace music, which was, uh, the big thing back in 2008 when we recorded it. And, all of us had like a copy of it at some point, uh, CDs, and and those all went by the wayside. You had it on an old computer that's gone. I had it on an old iPod that's now gone. I think I had it on an old computer that's gone. It's crazy. MySpace. And I think their servers. They even said that Sam everything had a CD at one point, but those are gone because he moved he out of the house. And he, he screen moved, printed the CDs. And he moved out of the house. Yeah. So, like I said, this this is total comp to stuff that Russ and I just absolutely loved playing, and we were so close to back in those days, and uh, and, and it just it just it was so refreshing, uh, and and so delightful to hear that stuff uh, in 2020, and and Russ and I just immediately were taken back to, you know, almost 20 years before that. <laughs> It's always crazy to think about, man. Yeah, like 15 years before that, we were doing the same damn thing. Not as good as Kenny. That guy's fucking. He is like very, very talented. It was cool, like so, sharing some of those videos we've done, though, like of the like, other music we've played in the, the past. The covers, just kind of like done, the covers, yeah. and like just the creativeness that we've always had, kind of in since yeah, the beginning. We can play. Know? We can. Yeah, play. for sure. Um, let's jump in. We got a beer review here, and uh, this is a tasty one too. And this is kind of from recommended from a listener hometown, man. Yeah, and recommended, and, and recommended from, from yeah, exactly. From, one of our listeners. So today we're doing the uh, Doosterbecks Bees Be Crazy. Um, I was actually just, I haven't been at the Walworth County Fair in probably years, right? And yeah. I'm like, I got to stop by and grab a, uh, grab a growler, right? Like we have to do some more Doosterbecks. It's our hometown, Alcorn, Wisconsin. We have to do it. So and this we, one. And, and what's his name? Ben Johnson. That guy's yeah. fucking fantastic. Yeah. And actually like one of our listeners suggested us go and check it out. Who was actually going to send us a gift card, which is freaking sweet like so I, nice man I, yeah no i i love the stuff we get from our listeners yeah. like it's just so cool that like they're willing to do that and i would love to even meet them out at Doosterbecks because it's so close to my yes, dad's home you know but share a beer so today we're drinking the Doosterbecks bees be crazy it's the hefeweizen coming at six points 6.0% ABV, low on the IBU scale because it's more of a wheat beer. You know what I mean? So you're not going to get those high IBUs like you're going to get with a pale ale right. or IPA. And uh, this one is amazing. It's uh, like a wheat beer, but also has like a little bit of the bready malt flavor and hints of clove and banana that I'm getting right away from um, the, the, the beer itself. And actually, I believe from the listing that we looked online, it actually does have a little bit of like locally grown Wisconsin, like uh, Elkhorn honey, which is nuts. Right. Which is amazing because we have a lot of really great um, uh, beekeepers, bee farms. What do you, I mean, I don't remember oh, yeah, exactly what you Yeah, there's a lot of beekeepers them, around here. 
ton of them because it's just on their private property and they have the the little uh like filing cabinet in the back that keeps them all and they go back there every once in a while check in on them you know and then collect uh at the end of harvest or whatever you know and yet for me like i'm in rock county but like walworth and rock county aren't like that dissimilar where they have like a lot of plains and a lot of like that wild growing and even apple trees and any fruit trees grow really well in our area yeah yeah amazing so you're gonna get that really good honey and even like I've had one of the best honeys in my entire life where the bee is actually going for like an M&M flavored water and they make colored Yo. honey. It's super good. That's awesome. But no, this one's great and it's really up the road from where we grew up. So we love supporting Doosterbacks and we're glad that a listener even suggested this one because it's freaking delicious. Yeah, of course. And uh, um, I think the fact that it's that it's there uh, right in, in the outskirts of Elkhorn, kind of in between uh, Elkhorn and Delavan out there. Uh, and the farm looks great. Uh, the building that they have it in is this big red fucking outbuilding. Uh, they have an amazing outdoor area that you can still enjoy even right now. I mean, for crying out loud, it's September. Uh, beautiful weather right now. They it's perfect for outdoor music drinking. music, too. They always have good music. Yeah, there. I was just going to say, I think uh, that's one of the, the places. That corn crib stage, which is really yes, cool. Yes, that's one of those places that uh, I think uh, the band that I'm in right now, uh, Sons of Leroy, uh, I think we're trying to hit up you know, a couple of those places to, to check out. And I always wonder, you know, our friend Rick Solomon, yes. who I grew up Rick, like, really beekeeper. close, but yeah, the beekeeper, I'm pretty sure some of his honey has actually gone into this beer, which makes it just even that much better and sweet. That guy is so interesting to talk to too. He is. He has um, like so much information when it comes to bees and like, just like your organic gardening. And just, didn't we talk to him about mead? One of the points. Oh yeah, too. we ended up baking mead because yeah. of his honey. He because gave us a full gallon he, of honey. He, he gave us so much honey. We were like, you know, Russ, uh, man, I think we got to do this. And this was before uh, the place in East Troy opened uh, called The Hive. Yeah, for sure. And uh, this was like Russ the original and I were, OG honey from We were like trying, the area. just trying something new. And at the time, I don't think I had actually had real mead. And so you and I found a, a good recipe, really honed it in, and uh, brewed some fucking mead. And we had full-blown, like, five-gallon pails man. of honey that we bought from Ray. It was ridiculous. <laughs> to make this, it was so good. Yeah. But, no, definitely go and check this one out. Doosterbex um, is great. Gotta gotta go there. Yeah, and, and obviously, it's, like, so close to Elkhorn Arrow where we grew up. So, like, we always support this one as much as we can. We've had them on previous episodes. and Yeah, we'll probably bring them back on, too, just to... To talk to him a little bit more, maybe towards fall. Um, haven't been scheduling a whole lot of interviews, as you well, probably noticed, because well, we're... the the problem is like the, during COVID, it was easy. It like, was now it's out everything's of this world booming again. Yeah, everything's booming. Breweries are brewing. Um, you know when it's come like even like our friends that we have on, like yeah. they're like so busy right now because everything's kind of going back to normal now, which is great. To, but yeah, it's hard to uh, to to get somebody to be able to have that time to sit down even for. You know, 15, 20 10, minutes. 10, 15 minutes exactly. on a Sunday even is just really hard for them. And Yeah. But we really hope you guys get a chance to head out to our hometown of Elkhorn, Wisconsin. Go check on Doosterbecks and uh, maybe grab this one for yourself and uh, let us know what you think. Grab a seat, gather around, join us for a chat. How many locos you have? Holy smokes, folks. We got one from our hometown uh, coming in at the... Uh, it gets wild it always does in elkhorn man like our hometown which is like one of our capitals of the dui central yeah unfortunately 
the capital. Yeah, of unfortunately, like yeah, Walworth County OWIs. Uh, just very uh, a Eric, hotbed. Can hotbed. you tell us what happened at this one in our hometown here? Yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and read the uh, title of the article here. Elkhorn man arrested for alleged fourth OWI. You know what that means. The quattro. Quattro action. Uh, this one is a 34-year-old Elkhorn man was arrested for an alleged fourth OWI offense Saturday night after he was pulled over in his car for multiple traffic violations. Let's just say we know this person, too, but we don't want to say their name. We there's, never do it. 34-year-old man, he's definitely in our range. So. Yeah, because I am 34 right now. You're 36. This I don't guy want to is talk our about guy. Or no, are you 35? 35, going to be 36. Going to be 36 in, in like here. a day or two. Yep. Or 13th. September 13th is my I don't. Birthday. I don't know when this comes out, but the 13th is Russ's birthday. So. 9-13. Uh, so according to the Wisconsin State Patrol, at around 10 p.m., troopers pulled over the 34-year-old uh, for several traffic violations. Uh, this was actually uh, um, in Juneau County, so it didn't happen in Elkhorn. But he was but an Elkhorn man. An Elkhorn man. In Juneau. In okay. Juneau County. The officials then noticed several signs of impairment, uh, very similar to like our last article. Uh, the signs of impairment after the fact... Uh, pulled over for like speeding or weaving or something. And then the signs of impairment really start to show uh, probably the initial like bloodshot eyes and probably the smell of that'll alcohol. Do yeah, that'll do it. That'll do. That'll do, pig. Uh, <laughs> a little Shrek in it. Yeah, dude. a little Shrek, dude. I know. Uh, so the uh, they, they noticed several signs of impairment after making contact with the occupants of the vehicle. Uh, after investigation by the state troopers, the Elkhorn man was actually arrested for that alleged uh, OWI fourth offense. We call it alleged. We're not saying that for our purposes, but for his, uh, you know, he's he's uh, innocent until oh, proven we never, guilty. And we never give names, right? Yeah. So you like you actually don't know. We're not going to do that, right? So, um, the, get the fourth OWI offense uh, charge plus an operating after revocation, uh, failed to install the interlock device, possession of THC possession of paraphernalia and a warrant through uh, Walworth County Oof. for the interlock tampering. So like uh, he at one point tried to fuck with his uh, uh, ignition interlock. And Class of 06 was going ham. Going fucking wild, brother. Uh, anyway, we've got uh, that information for you and that is all. So it's not a lot. However, we know that this person is from Elkhorn. Uh, so probably a veteran of the game of drink, and uh, they're in Juneau County getting their fourth offense. He may or may not have been at some parties we've been at. I be guarantee this person was definitely there. Okay. We've been yeah. to pretty much every party. I mean, we like definitely didn't back out of any all, of the parties. That were all the parties on. that were relevant. Uh, had we a, were there. A, an, an Eric and Russ sighting. Whether we're smashing bottles or other shit. Hang out with girls. We smashed like, a lot of stuff. Being fucking dumb, yeah. you know, with girls that sucking on chili dogs, sucking man. on chili dogs, baby, fucking cooking it. <laughs> so, what do you think, Eric? I mean, we don't have yeah. a lot of information here. We know we got an OWI. He's from Alcorn. Yeah, veteran drinker. Like, what do we got here? Thirty, like, not that old. Yeah, and it doesn't say that the uh, the reason for being pulled over was suspected of drinking and driving. It sounds like this individual was uh, speeding or doing something you know, erratic on the road uh, outside of, you know, the, the uh, normal impaired driving. So they were pulled over for normal stuff first. And then the impairment uh, became 
Uh, so it's not like you're really high in the local list. He's right. a, he definitely got pulled over, and then he was just drunk on top of like the pullover. You think? And I like to think that although you say not high on the local level, that you take in, into consideration that this guy is from Elkhorn, okay, and he knows how to drink. You can hide it pretty well. He's from the WC, Walworth County. Exactly. So uh, let's keep that in mind, and then give our levels here. Okay. So. Know that he's do, he's. do you good. have a number, Eric? He's, did you have a number? I do. Okay. Do you yeah. want to go on three, two, one? Do you want to do it this time and lead us off? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Three, two, one, 16. Okay. So we're close. Like, 13? Do, you want, do you want to meet in the 14 level? 14. You 14 local Fine on this me. one? I think that's probably pretty good. Yeah. Because I think he's like definitely been liquored up. Obviously, he has a signs of impairment. It's possible. He's not going so hot. Right. You know. It's possible for an experienced individual to drive after drinking you know four cans of four local this is a quattro he's 34 years old this is the fourth dui so he has some experience exactly he's definitely been there before this is like the mvp of that level so we're talking, we're talking bart star that's drinking. why i went 16 to begin with just to keep it round okay. i generally do i try to keep it a round number with uh, the math, the mathematics that we do. Um, and uh, so I, I went there initially, but I totally agree with you. It might not be the full four cans. It probably is. It's an in-between. three and a half. So we're going we're, we're going about a 14 local 14. Here. Let's, let's hit a 14 local. Eric, do you want to uh, law and order this, oh, Moff? Law and order. All right, that concludes this episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. If you enjoyed this vulgar display of Wisconsin, please like and subscribe on whatever streaming platform you prefer. And remember to hit the bell on YouTube to be notified when we release new content. Also, if you have any suggestions or ideas for future episodes, please send us an email at widrunkenhistory at gmail.com or head over to our Facebook and Instagram pages. Thanks again for listening. And remember, as always, watch out for deer on your way home.